Good morning, church. How are you all this morning? You're sounding great today. Why don't we raise our hands in expectation this morning? Let's raise our hands together. Just saying, Jesus, we come to church today because we want something from you. We need a touch from heaven. And we are saying, Lord, you can speak to me today. So, dear Heavenly Father, as you see every hand that's raised across this place today in expectation, we want your word today. We want your direction. We want your, your vision, your clarity to speak to us this morning. Lord, I pray for every need and every circumstance that people have carried into church today. And I'm going to speak and prophesy that they may leave without that burden today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give someone a high five or a kiss on the way down to your seats this morning. Who got a kiss? Roxanne must have. The way she was laughing. Okay. So good to see you here in church this morning. If you're watching online, a great big uh, welcome to online viewers as well. Let's give them a hand wherever they may be. So good to have you with us. <clears throat> also, I just want to remind you, um, you can follow the message every Sunday on the, on the church app. It has all the notes of today's message and uh, you can get the One Heart Church app and you can follow along, put your own notes in there and save them so that uh, you can go over the notes later if you so choose. I just want to welcome some very special guests with us this morning. That's Norman Ross Bradshaw. Let's give them a welcome. <clears throat> they're, from, they're from a very small church in Adelaide called Futures Church now, which I keep, they keep changing the name every few years just to make me uh, confused. But we want to honour them. They've been field workers, or what we used to call missionaries in the olden days, um, field workers to the Ukraine, to Indonesia, and other places around the world as well. Uh, I guess they were career missionaries. So I want to honour them today for the years of sacrifice in other countries. Uh, but I really think, think it's amazing that they have the connections in Ukraine, and they have connections in Indonesia, and, uh, and I know they've served in other fields long-term around the world. So... They are, they are real heroes in the church, and we want to honor them for being here with us. So, and Roz, her claim to fame is she went to Port Lincoln High School and survived. And so she's here. She's here for the 100-year celebration. So um, she wasn't one in the first group of students, by the way. <laughs> Just point that out. She wasn't. But also we have Eleanor with us today from Streaky Bay. I want to give you a welcome. And we have Kirsten without a baby today. It's amazing. Still still cooking. It won't come out till it's ready. Um, so I don't think I've missed anyone else who's with us who's visiting. But so good to be in church today. So I want to get into the message today. We're going to do communion together near the end. Uh, oh, Leah Mussolino. How do we forget her? Hey, let's give Leah a hi. Yeah. She was my backup plan. If something happened to me, if I had a heart attack in church, she was going to preach. She's going to get my iPad and do it for me. So, anyway, let's get into this message here. You would have heard the, the, the phrase, Now I might get it a bit wrong, but uh, the phrase of cooking a frog, like boiling a frog. And it's, a, you know, I, it's something I've never tried to do. It's not a very good, not a very nice uh, science experiment because I like frogs. I think I wouldn't like, because I, I see myself as the frog. So, you know, but it, it's a, a common thing that if you boil a frog, 
from cold, it, it will sit in the, in the saucepan and not jump out because it doesn't recognize the change of temperature until it's too late. So if it's dropped, if that same frog is dropped in hot water, it immediately jumps out. It's like, doesn't like it. So the question I have for us today, church, is why doesn't the frog jump out before it gets too hot? See, when the temperature rises slowly in that saucepan, the frog doesn't perceive the danger. It's, it just sits there. What started out quite comfortable, it's like someone says to Mr. Frog, hop in this nice saucepan. It's just hop in this little clean pond here. And in his little froggy brain says, that seems pretty comfortable. That seems nice. Stay in the still pot, maybe, all clean and tidy. But it's actually a trap. But I want to talk today, this morning, on increments of change. Now, I'm going to get a little bit deep here, and then we'll go, then we'll go shallow. Because I think really, a lot of people say they really want the deep stuff. But you know what? God created the earth, and he put all the gold on the surface. And sometimes we're digging for stuff, trying to find the deep, the deep things of God. God says, it's just on the ground. It's just everywhere for you. Just pick it up. Because what we do is when we're going for the deeper, what we're doing is we're doing the effort and we're thinking, hey, look at how clever I am. I'm, I'm digging, look at this stuff I can find deep down in the earth. And we're spending all this energy and, and, and time and, and effort. And God says, I just want, I've just put gems and gold in the spiritual all around you. you just got to pick it up. Just, just take a moment and look around and grab those things because they're precious. You don't have to dig, you don't have to search, you don't have to, you know, put endless hours of energy, but uh, hopefully today you'll, you'll see some things about how we can just do that easily, because I don't think it should be complicated or too hard. <clears throat> Where was that? Increments of change. Going deep. Psychology recognises that to change a person's cognitive distortion, you like that? My daughter told me, she's, a, she's training to be a psychologist, but it's, and I'm not. Basically, that means to change someone's unhelpful thinking patterns or unhealthy thinking styles will typically require many steps to correct. Last weekend, I was preaching in Strathalbyn, and there was the, the, the church there is connected to a rehab, uh, teen challenge rehabilitation center. And uh, there was, it, was, it was really, really great to be there. There would have been 30 or, or so people going through the program and they're taking steps. They're not going to get past their addictions and their problems and their issues with just one quick little moment of time. They're going to have to go through steps and stages that uh, are increments or, or degrees of change from where they start to where they are. But one of the things I was really, really impressed about is, and I talked to all of the guys who were there, and I asked them, how long have you been in the program? A month, three months, two months, six months, all quite, like fairly short. But what amazed me is that this is not just a, a secular rehab. It's a, it's a spirit-filled Christian rehab center. And when we, when we had opportunity to pray for people, they were all gathering around to pray. They are all laying hands on each other. And that's a kind of, you know, that's a great environment for someone to be in, no matter what stage of life you're in. But anyhow, I just want to encourage you, Teen Challenge are great, doing a great work there. So people who have found themselves in abusive situations, 
often don't get out when they could because the, the heat rises in increments. The changes happen slowly and they don't notice the danger until they're cooked. So you know, there's all kinds of things there. Abuse can be spiritual and we, we don't want to be a spiritual abusive church. We don't want to be a spiritually abusive marriage partner. Um, there's emotional abuse, there's physical or um, other kinds of abuse that we may go through. Um, they're all equally hazardous to our soul. So we want to try and um, help people to come out of those saucepans of abuse before it gets too hot. So increments of change can either move a person closer, can move you closer to Jesus, and conversely can move you away from Jesus. So they're both important. Galatians 6 verse 8 says, Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. <clears throat> now the scriptures today you'll see through my message are all interwoven together with, with themes and, and words. But our natural thinking, the way our brains work in the, in the natural sense, has a default setting to imitate the culture that surrounds us. See, the sinful nature seeks to dominate the direction of life. Now, that, that thing where our mindset will default to what surrounds us is those guys in, that, in, in Teen Challenge last week, they're, they're surrounded by faith. They're surrounded by, by people who want the best for them. And they're surrounded in a place where they do a, a Christian uh, devotion every single day. They have chapel services. And so they're surrounded by this thing and they, they just go with it. So very, very rarely does someone say, I'm not going to do this. They go, well, I need help, and, and this is helping me to change and deal with the issues in my life. And usually the people who don't last in it don't stay very long at all. It's like in the first few days they go, no, I'm not doing this, and they'll, they'll get out. <clears throat> but Romans 12 verse 2 tells us, don't copy, this is talking to the church, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So God's will is pleasing, it's perfect. It's the best thing that you could ever do. So <clears throat> the spiritual journey, which we are all on, some days it's like taking a step forward. Hey, look at this. And three steps backwards. Was that three? I wasn't counting. We can move forward. The next day can be like we, we step two steps forward and one step back. And making progress can seem very slow. And it's very hard to watch someone in the saucepan as the heat's rising. And there's all different uh, you know, ways we, we sometimes can see in others that and we go wow what are they doing they're making some bad choices right now and can't they see the danger but you know sometimes we are the person in the saucepan the times we're misled out of the discipleship pathway and, and usually they aren't big dramatic swings in our life they're gradual degrees 
uh, you know, maybe a compromise, a fear, a temptation that we give into? Are, they, are, are the, the increments that we take of those steps that are away from the call, the perfect plan of God in our life? Not dramatic swings. Sometimes there are those dramatic swings where there's one event that suddenly we can turn on our heels and say, um, you know, I'm disappointed with the church. Or I'm disappointed with God. And, and we have a dramatic swing away. That does happen. But I think more, more often you'll find in someone's heart the embers begin to grow cold and there's small increments that have taken us to that place. Can I give you some points to save yourself from the increments that can harm? Claire said yes. Everyone else went, mm, I don't know. I want to give you some, I'm going to give them to you, whether you like them or not. How's that? Some increments of spiritual change for the better. So John chapter 10, verse 1 to 4. This is, I love the scriptures. That, that Some scriptures are just so loaded with fruit. I'd love it. This is one of those. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. <clears throat> Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be. Everyone say, surely be. For surely be. They must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper, I've, I've underlined that word in my notes, it's not underlined on there. The gatekeeper, I want you to get that word in your mind in, right now. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. See, this is an example of discipleship with Jesus and the increments that can save you. I want to show you some of those points as we take apart this scripture this morning. So what I want to say, make it very clear though, is being a Christian is not about your behavior. So we might think, well, got, Rob's all talking about, I've got to be better, I've got to do some, I've got to do some changing. Salvation comes through the gift. When you get a gift, it doesn't cost you. Gift, it's given to you. It costs you nothing. Salvation comes from a gift of Jesus that he paid for you on the cross. He paid the penalty for your sin. I don't have to earn that. Jesus does that because he loves you. You just have to turn to him and believe in him and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin, and you're forgiven. You're born again. You're set free from that penalty. Discipleship is slightly different. Discipleship is when we say, God, I want to grow. I want to follow you. I want to be like Jesus. I want to change my life so that I can be used as a vessel of honor and find my place, find my, my purpose in life. That's discipleship. That's what we do. So don't confuse the two. So we get our, our salvation is a free gift. Some people say, well, I don't have to do anything. Now I'm saved. We have, we have a duty to say, God, what did you save me for? So I want to make that quite clear today. So what do we see here? Number one talks about the thief. The thief, a robber, sneaks over the wall into your life. <clears throat> Sneaky tricks to infiltrate your thinking. One increment, one degree at a time. So never too outrageous, 
never too extreme, just, a, just subtle nudges sometimes is what the, the robber does. Things that may contradict the ways of God, contradict the Word of God. See, the way you think, the way thoughts come into your mind and what you do with those thoughts is the way you will go. So, small steps, increments that will lead astray always begin with what's reasonable. I'll only do this once. I deserve it. I deserve this little bit of, uh, little bit of uh, whatever it is. Everyone else does it. It's not harming anyone else. See, the one who sneaks over the wall will make appeals that seem logical, comfortable, and enjoyable. So Proverbs 6, verse 10 to 11 says, a little extra sleep. This is one of the ways in which the enemy can just say, hey, just take it easy. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Um, so we, we, we've got to realize from scriptures like that and many, many others that the, the enemy will speak into our lives. You don't have to do anything. You just take it easy. Go to sleep. But then it says, scarcity will pounce on you like a bandit, like a robber. Galatians 6 verse 7, uh, the second part says, you will always harvest what you plant. Well, I've got a question for you. If you're unhappy with what's in your basket, start thinking about who is, it, who is, it, uh, uh, who is advising on what you're planting. So farmers these days have the most bountiful crops they've ever had, year on year, even in bad years, because they have agronomists who tell them what to plant, when to plant it, what else to put with it. So we need to, if you're unhappy with what's in the basket, start thinking about who's advising what you're planting. Be really good. So I want to get to, to the positives now. Number two, and we're going to just go right through this. So first of all, we just need to realize who the bandit is, who the robber is, and how he can influence our mind so that he robs us. The sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd. And this is how we can implement increments to change for the better. See, confusion wins when we fail to discern spiritual origins. Because we get lots of voices that we can hear. If you've got voices in your head, you need to see someone urgently. <clears throat> but confusion wins when we fail to discern spiritual origins. But we can have clarity of direction when we follow the voice of the shepherd. It's Jesus. So I, I said earlier about that word gatekeepers, and it's underlined in my notes. But we're going to look at gatekeepers right now. Get yourself some good gatekeepers. So the gatekeepers you need to help you with the increments to change for the better. Number one, or A, is plant yourself in a spirit-filled church. That's a good place to start. That's a good gatekeeper. Psalm 92, verse 12 to 13, says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord, there's a little key there, planted in the house of the Lord, which is your church. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Does that sound like a pretty cool life to live? 
So when we look at that, plant yourself in a spirit-filled church. Number one, be accountable. See, when, when you plant yourself, you're accountable. You're relational. People know you and you know them. And there's an accountability. I've had people knock on our door over the years. They don't do it anymore. <clears throat> but, I, but it used to happen like all the time, like quite regularly. People would say, oh, I've got a really awesome ministry. I want to plant myself in your church. And I'd say, well, no, don't. Because I don't hardly know you. If you want to sit here for a couple of years and, and serve in the local oh, no, 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 my, you don't understand my ministry. We, we just go around everywhere. We just, we just need somewhere to tick off on our credential that this is our home church. I go, no, there's an assumption of accountability and relationship to this house. It's not just a casual acquaintance. But they're not planted in the house of God. So I, I really believe in the local church and the power that there is when you plant yourself to nurture and, and to be watered and to be fed and to connect and to belong. There's a huge power in that. So be accountable. Gatekeepers, warn us to protect us. See, if, the, if there's someone on, in that itinerary world, or itinerant world, I should say, that's okay. But they've got to have people in their world who they have uh, appropriate relation with that you can say, hey, listen, there's some things out of order. Maybe there's some things at home you need to deal with first. Maybe you shouldn't be on the road when you're, when you're unwell. But if there's no one in their world who can be a gatekeeper, they, they're going to crash. They're not going to feel the increments of heat rising until they're boiled, until they're well done. But you want to surround yourself with good people in a church because they are like gatekeepers for your life. And the other great part about it is you can be a gatekeeper for someone else. So we can see that the heat begin to rise and someone say, hey, you hopped in that saucepan, that job or that, you know, some things that, are, that seem so good that have appealed to our senses. And you say, hey, you know what? Just want to get alongside you. want to encourage you. Just want to caution you. And that's often the time where people say, well, I'm checking out of church. They're control freaks. But you know what? If it's done in love, if it's done with the right kind of uh, motive and the right kind of intent, then it's healthy and it's good for us. It's not control. You know, some people have distorted these type of things and thought, well, oh, this is really good. We need to be gatekeepers. Now, I'm going to try and get my claws into everybody and control their life. I can't even control my wife. I've got no chance of controlling the church. <clears throat> but be accountable. The church is a great, a great gatekeeper in your life. Uh, B, plant the Word of God in your life. Plant the Word of God in your life daily. Choices come every day to live by the Word of God or not to. 2 Peter 1 verse 19 talks about that. I haven't, uh, have I got it on the screen there? No, I haven't got, the, haven't got it there, but put that in, in your... Um, to-do list this week or today and, and read that one. But Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. It's, it's not a spotlight that will take me way off into the distance, but it's a light for my path that helps me take steps or increments to get closer to Jesus. See, the word of God is your spiritual sword. Um. It's a personal gatekeeper. It will tell you when the temperature is changing. That's why it's so important that we have a, we have a disciplined 
time with God where we, we read the Word and we allow the Word of God to, to, to bring the increment changes that we see in the Word. And it helps us. It's a gatekeeper to your soul. It's a gatekeeper that can help keep you growing. It's something that you can do for yourself. You know, it's always much better to self-regulate than to have someone regulate for you. So if you can say, oh, you know, God, I, I saw something in the Word of, and I need, to go, I need to go and set something right. Uh, I saw something in the Word of God and, and I see that I could be a little bit more generous. So it's much better if you're feeling generous than have someone say, will you pay for, you know, buy my shoes or whatever? It's better to be generous when you, when you feel that, not when someone else is telling you. Be the gatekeeper. The Word of God is a gatekeeper to your soul. <clears throat> See, actively pursue the presence of the Holy Spirit. John 14 verse 26, I've just paraphrased it. The Holy Spirit is our advocate our teacher, and reminds us of God's promises. See, the Holy Spirit is a wise gatekeeper who knows our situation and can advise us with truth. And we need to be able to, to um, put ourselves in the presence where the Holy Spirit is. Churches, you know, the gathering of churches is a great place. Awaken nights that we have here are a great place to... to be around where the Holy Spirit is moving. Now, the Holy Spirit is everywhere, but there is something special when, when we gather together as believers in a, in a place of faith, a place of uh, unity. The Holy Spirit dwells in that. The Holy Spirit is a wise gatekeeper who can give us wisdom when we don't know. That's the thing I love about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit can speak to us in ways of our life. You go, but I didn't learn that. I didn't know that. Uh, no one taught me this, but the Holy Spirit gave me some wisdom. The Holy Spirit gave me some insight. Actively pursue the presence of the Holy Spirit. We don't come to church and sing songs because we've got to have a filling gap between the preacher. We do that because it's a, it's a place where the Holy Spirit begins to speak to our hearts, where the Holy Spirit can touch us. And I want to encourage you, it's not the time to sit with your hands in your back pocket and go, hmm, wonder what's for lunch. It's not the time to be thinking about, what about that scratch in the car? That's so annoying. It's time to get your focus off those things to, to the, the presence of God who wants to come and pour some oil into your spirit, pour some oil into your soul, put some refreshment back into your life. That's what we... That's why we do that time, because it's a, it's a refueling, it's a giving back to God those, those issues that we are thinking about, saying, Jesus, I'm putting you back on the throne again. I'm going to ask the musicians to come back the, the last point. A great, uh, uh, of our gatekeepers is turn up the volume when Jesus speaks and turn down the volume when the robber speaks, and I know you're thinking right now, how am I supposed to do that? We don't have a radio that, that, that just has a doll that says, Jesus talking, devil talking, I just know which one to turn up and down. But don't be afraid of some seclusion. Now and then we need to be secluded. I think we should do it every day. But when we do that, 
we hear the shepherd's voice better. Sometimes it's about fasting. Sometimes it's about praying. Jesus said this, to fast and pray. He said, close the door. Matthew 6, 6. When you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. It means he'll give you what you're looking for. Sometimes we need to, to enter seasons of fasting. Uh, applying the word of God to our, to our situations. Um, bringing Jesus' instructions to our prayers. See, when we listen to Jesus, the voice of the Spirit, we step ourselves out of the saucepan into, here's a, here's a great little rhyme, we step out of the saucepan into God's plan. I'd rather be in God's plan than the saucepan. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting all week to say that. <laughs> Got the reaction. <clears throat> you won't remember anything else except for that today. But all the things that worry the world won't worry you because you've developed increments with gatekeepers in your life that will keep you steady on the pathway of discipleship. Philippians 4 verse 6, and I've used a lot of scripture today, says don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. See, nobody wants to be the frog in the saucepan. And I don't want us to look at this message today thinking, oh yeah, I know a few froggies. They're in the saucepan right now. This instance is, you're the frog. And we all have the potential to be in that saucepan. Increments of harm. But we want to have steady increments that grow instead. If you have your communion with you this morning, I want us just to take communion before we go on and pray and do some ministry time. But it reminds us of whose blood has purchased our redemption. We can't earn, we can't earn that. As I said earlier, it's a gift. It's a gift from God. But when we eat and drink, we identify as disciples. We're saying, Jesus, I'm not there yet, but I'm on, I'm on the stepping stones. I'm on the increments of change. But Lord, I know that you've saved me for something. And with communion, we eat and drink. We identify as disciples who need forgiveness. With communion, we come around the table together in relationship. It's a... It's a symbol that we belong that we are we are protected in a household of gatekeepers that we are gatekeepers for others and others are gatekeepers for us it's a commitment to Jesus and his church <clears throat> so if you will let's eat together giving thanks Let's take the cup, 
remembering his shed blood. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your, for your blood. We thank you for, for your shed body. And through it, we gain salvation. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. I just want to finish with an opportunity to minister some breakthrough this morning. The sneaky thief in our lives needs to be exposed. Perhaps we could just stand together, if you will. But we also need to know the shepherd's voice and welcome the gatekeepers that I've mentioned today. There's, plant yourself in the church. It's a gatekeeper we want to welcome. Plant yourself or plant the Word of God, plant the Word of God into your life. It's a gatekeeper. Pursue the Holy Spirit. It's a wise gatekeeper. Turn up the volume when Jesus speaks. He's, a, he's the ultimate gatekeeper. Well, I want to pray for you today. If you've fallen prey to the sneaky robber, I'm not going to ask you to confess anything or ask you to come out or anything like that. But if you think, hey, you know what? I've had a sneaky robber. He snuck in. He got me on the saucepan when I thought it was comfortable, thought it was a, the easy thing to do. But then the heat started to change. You can get out of that saucepan today. Jesus is an expert at doing that. But I know for sure there's someone who feels like they can't change and it's been too hard, it's been too long. The patterns have been too strong in my life. Jesus is saying, no, today I'm taking you out of that. I'm going to release you from that. I want to pray for those who desire a new way of thinking so that you can step with increments of growth and take keeping, uh, keep taking steps, deliberate, steady, consistent increments to grow. If you need prayer today, just raise your hand up wherever you are. I'd love to pray with you today in those areas saying, Lord, I need, I need some faith today. I need some help today. So, Lord, we just pray today for those who've fallen prey to the sneaky robber who snuck in over the fence, who shouldn't have been there in the first place. But we pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, whatever trap the enemy has set, we take them out of the saucepan today and we place them into your plan for their future. Lord, we pray those who have been in this so long and they feel like nothing will ever change or they can't change, I pray, spirit of faith, descend upon their thinking right now in Jesus' name. May they sense and know that today is a new day, a day of rescue, a day of breakthrough over every circumstance and situation in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for those who desire a new way of thinking that we may have increments of growth in our lives personally, in our church, in our ministries, in our businesses. I pray for creativity and increments of change that bring glory to God in every part of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. <clears throat> what we're going to do this morning is I always want to give opportunity for people who need prayer. And I'm going to ask the worship team to lead us in, in some, some more worship. And as we do, if you have any prayer needs today, whatever they may be, I'd love to pray with you and 
pray in faith and believe for your breakthrough. We've got the uh, prayer team as well from the church. We would love to stand with you and pray for your breakthrough. So let's do that this morning. Thanks, Katrina. Let's worship just for a few more moments because I know there's something that can change when you say, Jesus, I need, I need some prayer today. Come right out. Let's pray over those needs with you this morning.